Recording. Recording. <laughs> well, well, well. If it ain't another episode of uh, chatting about Chucky with your friends till the end, Eric and Jeremy. My name's Eric Keppel. And my name is Jeremy Schmidt. Eric, I got to ask you a question. What do you got, Jeremy? What are you drinking right now, my bud? <laughs> I got to be honest with you, Jeremy. I am drinking uh, just a glass of water, a classic glass of water. Um, I know that we normally uh, drink a couple of brewskis during these recordings, <laughs> but I'm we simply not smash feeling at least up to one it. or two brews. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> we do smash them. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jeremy? Funny story. That's why I asked. I uh, I went to the uh, I went to the Smartin Final across the street from my apartment here in in Hollywood proper. Uh-huh. I uh, went in. I, I grabbed my my uh, six pack of Sierra Nevada, cheapest six pack they had. Are we so, talking uh, pale ale right now? We're talking pale ale, my sweet dude. And I uh, <laughs> I brought it up to the checkout, and uh, my freaking chip was malfunctioning. These chips, I, I I can't get over these chips. I know these things are like they've been around for five or six years at this point, but I'm telling you, you put them, you put the chip, you put the card in the chip reader, and it either mm-hmm. it doesn't beep for five minutes, mm-hmm. and it's the lowest beep you've ever heard in your life, or just yes. immediately once you insert the insert the card, it starts screaming at you. It's it, it, yes, it's bananas. I can't I can't take it. So. What I decided to do instead was pull out what I like to call loose freezer vodka. You guys have any loose freezer <laughs> vodka at your place? <laughs> I I don't currently, but I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> you know, it's like a big bottle of vodka that has maybe a sip left at the bottom. And you've had it in there since you graduated high school for some reason. And, uh, yeah, I poured that into a glass and poured some LaCroix over it because we're still in right. Los Angeles, mind you. And yeah. you're not you're not exactly sure, like, whose backwash <laughs> could be could be in the remains of that bottle. Jeremy, yeah. uh, we could talk all day about uh, disgusting <laughs> vodka that you have in your freezer, but we've yeah, got a but huge... Again, it's, it's not chatting about vodka. Not chatting about vodka. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a monumental episode, not just for us, Jeremy, but... Uh, I'm just going to say it. This is monumental for podcasting in general. Uh, mm-hmm. We're about to break some ground, but first, I just we owe we owe someone a shout out because we have a brand new uh, Patreon subscriber. Uh, so I just wanted to give a uh, shout out to Dad Wears Glasses. Dad Wears Glasses. I mean, this guy. This guy is a, an executive producer. He picked the highest tier. Uh, he gets. These are the kinds of perks you get on the Patreon, right? You get, <laughs> yeah, you get to be down the list. an executive producer. You get to be the Lauren Michaels of uh, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to be the huge problem of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you get to uh, pick a movie that we do an episode about. And not only that, but you get to listen to uh, our, our weekly bonus episodes called Chucky, Chucky Dark. 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 Uh, mm. The first of which came out today. And uh, the fans are raving. Uh, they can't. I, I, there's chanting. There's been chanting going on outside my apartment all day. I, I have no idea if it has to do with the podcast. I'm assuming it does, but uh, it's. It, we got a lot of great stuff going on at Patreon.com/slash Chatting About Chucky. So uh, 
hop on over there if you feel like uh, helping out two uh, broke comedy guys. <laughs> It's so hard not to say two broke guys. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I'll make the mistake again, but we're not trying to edge in on the popularity of two broke girls uh, by making it, co-opting it, making it our thing. But we, we actually are genuinely two broke guys. Which, which, which two broke girl do you think I am and which one do you think <laughs> you are? Is Kat Dennings, um, is she in that? I don't know. Is Whitney Cummings, is she in it, or did she just start it? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, okay. Cat uh, <laughs> Dennings is definitely in it. I'm the Cat Dennings. You're the other one. Well, as I, as, one. I, as I would like to point out, this isn't chatting about two broke girls. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy... Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, uh, mm-hmm. but I actually invited a very special guest on for this episode, and uh, he's been here the whole time. Uh, do you want to guess who it is? I'm going to guess it Boo. is the... Whoa! I was going to guess the I was going <laughs> to guess a ghost. That's that's perfect. Just like uh, the, 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 the titular monster of your podcast, I have, I have sprung from the shadows to surprise you. This is a regular. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is Matthew J. Uh, you know him from Hello, The Deep End, the uh, Adult Swim podcast, Cartoons One Hundred and One. I I haven't seen all of Superstore, but Jeremy and I were in a uh, a spec writing class together. Do you remember this, That's Jeremy? Right. Uh, um, I was just about to bring this up, and I yes. was going to ask you if you were still as salty on Superstore as I was from that class. <laughs> So at the beginning of this class, it was an eight-week class, we had to pick a show to watch every week, and some maniac suggested that we watch (laughs) an episode of Superstore every week, and I don't know if it was just this season that we watched, but it was, uh, I I think I can speak for everyone in that class (laughs) that we did not like it. What, do you remember what season it was? So the the season finale of this one uh, was there was like a terrible storm that 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 destroyed the uh, the superstore. Okay, I think that's season two. Yeah, I think it's a good season. I think. Okay. I think you. I I think you need to watch it all again. You know what? Watch those eight episodes again. Wow. I will say this. Uh, weirdly enough, even though most of the class hated every minute of having to watch Superstore, <laughs> we, half the class also picked that as their show to write a spec about. I know. Mm-hmm. It's very it was weird. The most, it was the most like, well, you know when you're in a class and you're like, I don't want to use the word sheeple, but <laughs> I feel like I need to use that word because it's the only way to describe what you're doing right now, which is just... Like looking to the professor, like what? What are you doing? What do you like? And they just literally did that. Can I uh, ask a question about this class? Now, this, oh, this yeah. is a spec writing class in Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, so is there possibly is there a chance that a lot of the people who are taking this class are maybe maybe jaded comedy fans who might even <laughs> use the word sheeple when describing other people? <laughs> Well, that would definitely that might describe their enjoyment of a nice little network sitcom like Superstore, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely that that's possible, but we also were watching Kimmy Schmidt at the same time. And okay. like it, it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges, Superstore and Kimmy Schmidt, but 
Kimmy Schmidt is like a joke a minute and everything is really smart and it sort of just it's it's really good and as cynical as even I am as a comedy writer I'm like like Superstore is like I don't know I think the reason why we picked it was because it's it's because of its formulaicness it's just incredibly mm-hmm. formulaic uh, so so I don't know I don't know I don't I also yeah. don't know like why it, like I other than me and Eric if there were any other jaded comedy writers which there were. It was a it was a room full of that. Uh, why they also picked Superstore to write about then? If they all didn't like it so much, I I personally picked the show. Uh, 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 it's that FX show about that. Oh, couple you're the worst. Really, you're the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard that show's really good. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it's great actually. Uh, yeah. but it's it's barely a comedy. Like it it has such <laughs> a great turn in season two where it just becomes. A, a relationship drama and it's just a very well executed one you can usually trust fx I, th- I feel like it's rare that i watch a show from fx and i'm disappointed with them like they for some reason i don't know what it is maybe it's just like because they're kind of halfway between network and cable and like they actually pay attention to trends and making good shows and artful decisions and and they get good genuine creators like zach galifianakis and like i'm currently obsessed with a uh, fossey verdon i don't know if you guys have seen that show but it's i think that show is fantastic i'm not familiar. I, I haven't seen it yet no I, I love baskets though baskets i'm a huge huge fan of that show i've um, heard i've also not seen that yet and i feel very bad that's one that i like i feel guilty about not having watched yet because i feel like that's exactly the kind of show i'm asking for all the time yeah but you know what? You're getting older every day, and someday you are going to watch it, and that's going to be just the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's canceled. That's usually when I get on a show. <laughs> well, when it's but, too late. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just getting into this show, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this yet, but I just started this. Uh, it's I think it's an HBO show. It's it's called Game of Thrones. Have you guys heard Jeez. of this? Hmm. <laughs> I did not watch that show almost at all. I didn't watch it. I totally avoided it. I've watched maybe two episodes ever. When it was first coming out, I was kind of excited for it because I was like, oh, a big prestige, you know, fantasy show. And then I just like let it pass me by and never got on. And then like everything I would see from it, I'd be like, ah, no thanks. Like for some reason, just nothing about it really grabbed me. And then now everyone's mad at it. And I'm like, "Mm, I guess I was right (laughs) just to avoid this for close to a decade uh i uh, on a recent episode of my uh my patreon podcast uh which at the moment is about rough bakshi films um uh we my friend mike pearl and i talked about bakshi's lord of the rings and i was like the difference between bakshi's lord of the rings and peter jackson's lord of the rings and game of thrones is like game of thrones i feel like is like a jock like i feel like game of thrones would like beat me up in high school <laughs> And, like, Lord of the Rings movies are, they feel like the nerds who just, like, for some reason got a bunch of money to make a movie. Like, it's, I just feel like Game of Thrones is like a jock that wants to beat me up. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's for the little fantasy nerd inside of me, you know? Is it because of, like, the content is just so much heavier? I don't know about heavier. Like, it's got, like, nudity in it and, I guess, more murder. But I just, I don't know, just, like, nothing about it ever really, like... It just doesn't look... I'm, I'm not crazy about the look of it, and every time people would tell... Like, like, all the big events of it, people would, would talk about, and I'd be like, that sounds interesting, but also, like, no thanks. And, and like, mm. I, I really just can't put my finger on it. I just, like... And I was never, like, this show and anyone that likes this show. I was just like, hmm, no, nah, I'm just not going to watch this. And then, like, once every season comes around, 
I have to deal with being asked 10 times a day if I watch the new episode. And I just yeah. have to think like two more months and I won't be asked this question yes. for another two years. Just please leave me alone. Yeah. People act like like you're crazy because you decided to opt out of spending one hour a day watching something that you're <laughs> yeah. not that interested yeah. in. And no one watches any of the shit that I watch. Like whenever <laughs> I'm like, oh, have you seen this uh, anime from 1979 about these men that pilot robots? People are like, no. And I'm like, why don't you watch yes. what I like? Thank you for bringing that up. That's such a good point that like, and, I, and this, this also probably exists in somebody's stand-up special somewhere, but it is like the idea <laughs> of like, of like, hey, I don't make you watch, like know everything about Pokemon, okay? Like, yeah. I, like you don't, why, why do I have to watch all of The Wire? I, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's, I, it's like, why do, why do certain things get this like free for all pass that like you can just treat somebody badly because they haven't seen it yet? <laughs> and yeah. other things, other things are like, nah, man, that's nerd stuff. I will say this though, uh, <laughs> I kind of like that Game of Thrones is like a jock to Lord of the Rings is nerd because mm-hmm. that implies that both can exist and actually have a following. Like I like I that there's that. more than one fantasy live action thing out there that I can enjoy and that they both are so tonally different. Mm-hmm. I also wouldn't fault anyone for not liking either one of them. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of stand up specials also, uh, uh, Eric, thank you for testing out some of your tight five with us about chip readers. Uh, I, I also wonder what's the deal with these chip cards. Am I right, folks? Like, I wonder that too. I also took note that, uh, you guys dropped two of my, my nicknames in the, op- in the intro before you introduced me. Uh, I am sometimes called Hollywood proper. Uh, so I appreciate that. And also Lu- loose vodka. I go by loose vodka a lot. Loose uh, vodka. So, yeah. Loose, loose vodka. It's spelled L O U. Uh, apostrophe s <laughs> oh nice like like a like a real german vodka <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 fellas i had uh, a great a great segue uh planned when we were talking about uh things that people um don't watch <laughs> and i'm gonna do it anyway because i think it's i think it's gonna be flawless even even though we totally changed the subject in the middle of it you guys <laughs> You you know what everyone does watch? The damn Chucky movies. Oh my god. Not true, but I love that you're (laughs) creating this illusion. (laughs) Matt J, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is a podcast about the Chucky movies. Uh, And something that Jeremy and I did... I thought it was about one of the kids from Rugrats, from the title. I... I forgot. Yeah, your uh, your Twitter handle is Finster Addict. <laughs> yeah, I thought I finally had the the podcast I'm supposed to be on. So, Matt, uh, enough enough horsing around. All right, you guys. This is uh, <laughs> we're talking about a serious franchise with some serious scares and some, well, some serious laughs. And guys, enough uh, chucking around. <laughs> enough. <laughs> and I yeah. also chucking around. I love serious laughs too. Right. Yeah. So, Matt J., uh, Jeremy and I, on this first episode of this podcast, we kind of went over our history with the uh, Chucky franchise, which of the movies we've seen, and a little bit about kind of our, our feelings about like the horror genre in general. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to ask you, uh, Matt, um, what, what is your history with the Chucky movies? Do you have any like notable experiences? Have you seen all of them? What do you got for us? Uh, 
I haven't seen all of them. The first one I've seen multiple times, which I think is a fantastic film. Uh, one of my favorite things about it is it's set in Chicago, and Chicago has a lot of palm trees for some reason. <laughs> this is the one time Chicago has palm trees in the year. Uh, I I love the Chucky movies. Chucky is like, I consider Chucky to be like my nemesis uh, in real life because growing up, he was the one thing I was the most afraid of. Like in my whole life, I had a uh, I had a my buddy doll. I don't know. Do you guys have you talked about the my buddy dolls in this podcast? No, not really. Um, okay, my buddy was the real thing that was like the good guy doll. There was like an actual like it looked just like Chucky, and I had one, and it it I, then I saw the Chucky movie, and it terrified me. Uh, and I until I was like a teenager, I'd go into like Spencer's Gifts or whatever, and there'd always be like a Chucky doll on the wall, and I would like not be able to look at it. I'd have to like avert my gaze. When I was like 14, like I would just, mm-hmm. just feel like it's the one thing that kept scaring me forever. Even when I was like, I really fell in love with horror movies, which I did. I love horror movies. Uh, the only Chucky movie I've seen after that of uh, the of the first three, which one does he like? Is there like a military school that does a paintball thing and he puts knives in the paintball child's guns? play three? Okay, that one I saw as a kid, so I guess it was fairly new. It was probably like 95 or 96 when I saw it, so it was a couple years old. But like. That's the one I remember my aunt and uncle putting me down to watch it and be like, whatever. It's like, and they would explain to me, like, it's it's either like, you know, a puppet or like a little person in a costume. And they try and explain to me, like, how movies are made. And I just couldn't. It was just, it terrified me and they made me watch it. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, Chucky's awesome. I, I specifically requested Seed of Chucky because I actually love this movie. And it's the only other one I've seen. I didn't see Bride of Chucky. I didn't see Curse or Cults. I'm probably not going to, I might see the new one, even though I'm mad about it. But, uh, yeah, I would say what I do, love the Chucky series, even though I've only seen two of them, really. What are you mad at about the about the remake, if you don't mind me asking? It just seems, you know, I, I don't know specifically why they put Mark Hamill as Chucky. Uh, I assume that Brad Dourif wanted to do it and they replaced him. Uh, it just, and it feels kind of like the trailers and stuff. I'm just like, oh, he's a robot. Like, uh... I just, I'm so disinterested in it, and it feels like, I mean, I again, I don't know what's behind it, but it feels like, you know, a company took Chucky away and, like, is just Aww. redoing it for the modern <laughs> times, and it, you know, if you, I know it's it's apparently the same producers, um, but I, and Seth Graham Smith, that also annoys me. <laughs> apparently, mm. Seth Graham Smith is involved, and he's annoying, um, but, you know, I don't know how involved, like, Don Mancini or somebody is with it, I I hope in, at some level. Apparently, one is coming out in 2020. Uh, a TV show is coming out in 2020 that Don Mancini is making. Yeah. Right. So, so the, Kirshner, uh, David Kirshner, who's been like the executive producer for for the whole franchise, and Don Mancini are uh, partners, basically. And they're working on a TV show right now. And I think they uh, are not affiliated with the, with the remake. Um, yeah, I was actually reading David Katzenberg as David Kirshner, but uh, yeah, so I guess it is, it probably is just taken away from the creators and Brad Dourif, when I think Brad Dourif is like amazing, and also just casting Mark Hamill seems like such an easy out, you know, like casting him as a voice role of a horror icon just to eh, do the Joker voice, Mark Hamill, like, it just yeah. the whole thing feels like a bummer to me. Right. Uh, I've actually, and uh, at this point, I've gone so long without watching any of the marketing spots for it or any of the trailers for it that I think I'm just gonna still not, uh, mm-hmm. and just go in cold to the to the remake because I'm gonna see it anyway. I mean, I don't know what 
the uses of at this point now diving in and trying to get to know the film that like inside and out before I go into it. But that's interesting you say that. Yeah, because actually I I didn't know. All I knew was Mark Hamill and Aubrey Plaza were attached. That's really like... Yeah, and Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Plaza plays a mom, which is also deeply upsetting to me because yeah. like, yeah, she totally could be a mom and that's scary to me because she's like, what, two years older than me? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a departure from Catherine Hicks. You know, America's <laughs> mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm going to see it though. You know, I have to. My expectations are low. I, I see a lot of hate for it on from from the diehards on Twitter. Uh, we have this Twitter account where we're just only following like Chucky fans, which is like <laughs> a very weird realm to step into on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty great though. Like the, there's people who are very into Chucky, uh, and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Jeremy and I are 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 now two of them, and it's. It's a fun it's a fun world to like get involved in. And yeah, it does seem like we've talked about this, but the um they they redid basically the the premise of why Chucky is sentient. They in the new movie he's basically like AI gone wrong where in the original it's this like serial killer performed some voodoo ritual on a doll. And it, it it's so wacky, but that element to it is like the the basis for the plot of all of the other movies. So and it's so much cooler than just like he's a little robot. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about how it's like it's such an easy and like believable premise. Like, sure. And we get, I can see the writers in the room and the producers giving the note, like make him AI. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's more believable, but like, I don't know, even, even though I don't love the voodoo aspect of the child's play series, I I always thought it's been like such a, a, a very weird clunky aspect to the whole thing. It's still so much more charming to me than AI. Yeah, and it's it's and just talking about where Chucky is now and trying to like make a big deal out of him. It's so funny to think that like Chucky used to be like one of the big ones. It was like you know like Jason, Freddy, and Chucky for like a few yeah. years because those movies were pretty big. And then it became like they got just goofier and then direct to video for like forever. And then now Orion is trying to like bring it back. I don't know what the TV show is at all, so I have no idea how that's going to be, though. But if it's, you know, Kirshner and Mancini, I assume Brad Dourif will be involved, and uh, I guess it'll be in the new canon, because it's kind of the new ones have been like a slight reboot, I guess, though I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, Curse was Curse of Chucky was like a slight reboot, and I, I have not... Cult of Chucky is the only one I have not seen. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. The the original filmmakers like you know the original writer and producer themselves have just a little over five years ago done their own remake basically of of Mm -hmm. the original film too i don't know it just seems a little uh i would be mad if i were them and i'm sure yeah maybe they are it's a it's a hat on a little tiny chucky hat (laughs) (laughs) so fellas seed of chucky Came out in the year 2004. Matt, something we like to do on this show is for each movie, we I, I like to set the cultural scene, okay? Uh, so I have mm. some 
a list of some 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 uh, notable events in the year 2004, some popular films, oh, thing, yeah. things like that. This but, is before you get into this. This is actually I do want to. I have a so if anyone listens to my podcast, there's been a thing in my life lately where I'm turning 30 soon. New culture scares me. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. I don't relate to anyone who's any. I don't relate to anyone who's a day younger than me, and I never will again. Uh, so I have actually, <laughs> over the last like two years or so, made a conscious decision to never leave the years. It's pretty much ninety nine to oh four or oh six is where I will just live forever and be happy. And I've, I've like all the music I listen to is like. Alien Ant Farm and All American Rejects and <laughs> oh <laughs> Dashboard <my> Confessional. <laughs> like that's like what I listen to when I drive. And all the movies I've been watching lately, pretty much, are like Josie and the Pussycats and the Matrix sequels. <laughs> and like I'm just oh like, this is the last God. time I was happy, and this is where I will stay forever. <laughs> so I am very excited for what you're about to do. I love the Matt, idea of you, you. Literally, are my my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, I'm, and also all of my podcasts are about this. Like the deep end. Is about Adult Swim, which starts in '01, and we're in we're almost done '02 now, and it's just like all my professional like stuff that I do is just trying to like uh, cryogenically freeze myself in the early 2000s forever. <laughs> so, Matt, I wanted to ask you, what was a Matt J up to in the year 2004? Uh, I was really into video games at the time, playing a lot of Halo, uh, that kind of such uh, anime, big time. This is like when I'm. This is when I'm graduating from, like, Pokemon and Dragon Ball and Digimon into, like, the grown-up shit, like Akira, uh, Golden Boy, uh, that kind of stuff, and, uh, and, and yeah, just video games out the ass. I'm just, like, all about the GameCube, the PS2, that kind of stuff around this time. Hell yeah. Jeremy, what about you? You were in Texas at this point, I'm, I'm assuming. I was in Texas, yes, sir. I, uh, I was a junior... No, well, it depends. It depends on when this came out. When did this come out? I was a junior or senior in high school. Um, this is actually what I call my dark period. Uh, it was November, is, so you would be a senior. I was a senior in high school when this movie came out. Yeah, so this is definitely then my dark period. I uh, this is like when I got my very first serious girlfriend. Whoa. Yes, it was the year. I had been waiting my whole life for this. And finally, someone said, yes, I will date you. And I was so excited. I threw all of my <laughs> video games in the garbage, lit them on fire, post haste. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I was kind of all consumed with, with this relationship. And, um, and that spell was ended up being broken years and years later. Uh, I was, I'm a serial monogamist, uh, not professionally, but <laughs> you know, like, uh, habitually, uh, in relationships. And I really like, uh, I really liked them at the time. I was really big into them. So I kind of just, you know, I was going on a lot of dates, hanging out with my girlfriend, celebrating one month anniversary, stuff like that. Also getting ready to graduate and go to community college for the first time which would end up just being a little bit more high school, turns out. <laughs> um, it, uh, as far as like media and stuff I was ingesting at the time, I think this might have been around the time that I started getting kind of serious about like film and screenwriting. 
Like I remember I used to collect I, my my parents are super Christian. I come from a very re- religious household. And I remember I used to collect like rated R movies, like DVDs, like uh like Miramax special edition two disc box <laughs> box DVDs. I identify and, with this. I see the I see you. Yeah, and I uh and I would hide them in a trunk under my bed. And I had oh, I had all the greats. I had Magnolia. <laughs> Boogie Nights, <laughs> uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. You remember when they had mm. the the uh, special edition with the different dogs or different colors of the of the two disc box sets? I, I think you're gonna say the shot glass one. There was one that came with shot glasses. That I think that one came after. It's a little bit later. A little bit yeah. later. Yeah, I had a Mister Blonde two disc Reservoir Dogs box set. Uh, very proud of it. Uh, but yeah, I remember this is like the the year like these are like the years I was watching a lot of commentaries, and this is the first time I realized like the people behind the camera I was way more interested and identified with more than the people in front of the camera. Like so, I was I was like, oh yeah, wait, this guy wrote this movie, and then he also directed this thing, and oh, and they're friends over here, and Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino hang out, and oh my god, you know, like <laughs> I was realizing there was this whole world of pro- of production people who. Who I ended up uh, following, following after, uh, you know, like sort of making college choices and career choices, sort of based on a lot of the fandom that I I gathered around this time. This is that is like exactly that time period for me too. It's me getting real into like uh, now I watch films, you know, yes. like Discovery and yes. Kevin Smith is a big part of that. I'm from New Jersey, so mm-hmm. you know, even though I, like at this point, I feel like this is when I really start getting into his movies, even though I had met him like three times because when you grow up in New Jersey as a nerd and go to Comic Cons, you just do. Uh, and for that matter, comics too. I was huge. This is big. This is a big time for DC with like Identity Crisis and stuff coming out that I was I was very very much into. Oh, and uh, oh, Jeff yeah. Johns' Teen Titans is around this time too. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. That's right. Again, I was a huge comic book fan, video game fan before 2004. Getting that first girlfriend had to put that in the in the drawer for a little bit. <laughs> Didn't have to. Just did. Oh, man, no, now. One, no, no one asked me to. <laughs> unpromptedly decided that girls would not like me if I liked any of that stuff. You know, uh, Jeremy, which is so wrong. I was a bit of a serial monogamous in 2004 myself. <laughs> I, uh, I only dated one woman and her name was Coco Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> Insert laugh track. Yeah. So Oh four, I, it's funny you guys bring up Kevin Smith. Cause I feel like this was my, like, my obsessing over mall rats uh, phase. Sure. I was a sophomore just, in high just school. Just mall rats? <laughs> Truly just mall rats. I, I liked the <laughs> other ones, but mall rats was my, uh, was my thing. I never really liked uh, Dogma too much. That was the one that was always sure. on Comedy Central. Yeah. I also, uh, Eric, if you're looking for characters that maybe you want to do on stage at some point, I really like the idea of a guy who... <laughs> Uh, he's only a fan of mall rats. <laughs> not, not, literally nothing else. <laughs> yeah, he he wears like a like a silent Bob trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Does the Jason Muse, uh, snooty poochie <laughs> rap and stuff like that? Yeah, I could do I used that. To know that whole rap. <laughs> uh, oh, Clerks! I liked Clerks too. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, that's a classic. I still like that movie. People try and give his first few movies shit now and be like, um, actually, he was always bad. And it's like, man, for like a certain sect of, of weird nerds at the time, 
like those movies were huge and I still think they're I still think they're really watchable and fun. I just uh not this past Christmas, the Christmas before that, I rewatched all the View Askew Universe movies and then watched them again with commentary <laughs> for the yeah. first time in like 15 years. Uh, and you know, like those commentaries are still super fun and you know, Ben Affleck ripping on Kevin Smith and every one of those commentaries is still like the funniest <laughs> thing ever to me. I mean, I don't think that ne- necessarily Kevin Smith is high art when you put him up next to like I don't know Orson Welles, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, uh, does this track with you guys? Like, people are so kind of desperate for a hot take that they're like, "Hey, remember that thing you liked and cherished as a kid? Well, what if that thing was bad?" <laughs> yeah, like that. And I knew seems... it then because I'm smarter than you. I I kind of resent that. I don't know. It it makes me just lean into Kevin Smith harder. I mean, he's not doing anything <laughs> great these days necessarily, but like, yeah, uh, people who say that like Clerks was bad and always was bad, I'm like, well, I don't know. By what by what measuring stick are you kind mm-hmm. of making these claims? I'm excited like, for the it. new one. Like it it's got to be bad, but like sure, it sounds, yeah. it's a funny idea, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a funny idea. And they, uh, they shot it in New Orleans, which um, legitimately depresses me as a film fan and a New Jerseyanite. Uh, watching them, there was a video feature that they put on YouTube of them like rebuilding the quick stop in New Orleans. And it like, it hurt me. I like upset me. Like, you can't just fly to New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right, Eric. Now, though. We got to hear more about what you were doing in 2004. I know it was more than Cocoa Pebbles and Mall Rats. <laughs> I mean, that was truly it for the most part. A lot of skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding, wa- watching Conan every night. Uh, Just like Jason Lee. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. I was a huge Rats. Jason Lee fan. When I found out Jason Lee was a pro skater, it, it blew my mind. It truly like blew my tiny little 14-year-old boy mind. Uh, He's in one of the Tony Hawk games, maybe two of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yes. played as him because I loved his movie. I just—it's so just last night finished my rewatch of My Name Is Earl. I just watched all of My Name Is Earl again. How does how does that show hold up? Because I remember liking it when it was on air. It's a very sweet show. Uh, has a lot of good like uh, you know like emotions and and I love the idea of like all these dirtbags trying to be good people is still fun. A lot of problematic stuff, way more than you'd expect from like oh that's a bummer. Oh six to oh eight or something like that. Uh, season one is the peak. It definitely never gets as good as it is in season one. And I I actually only watched like season one and a bit of season two when it aired, so a lot of it was new to me. But uh, totally, I think worth a watch. It's like it's still fun and silly and has really great characters and stuff. You start to feel the budget pains pretty quickly as it's like trying not to get canceled. But uh, at least season one, I I highly recommend. I think it's very funny and and sweet. We'll check it out. We'll do it. uh, We'll do it after (laughs) Jeremy and I have a list of things that we have to cover. Uh, So we're going to be doing all of the David Lynch movies and all of Twin Peaks next. We're going to do that real. You're really doing that. We are. Yeah. And we're going to do all the final destinations at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Oh hell yeah! And that I, one's my. That one's probably the funniest uh, and my favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're all. All this is talking to me living in 04 forever. So I'm into this. <laughs> so in 2004, wh- what's going on? So George W. Bush is in office. Uh, we got the Summer Olympics in Greece. We have uh, the launch of Facebook. Uh, Martha Stewart is convicted of a felony and sentenced to five <laughs> months in prison. 
Boy, that was a, a joke great, about that in this movie. That was a great time for like late night comedy. Just the, yeah. the, the treasure trove of, of setup setup that you got from Martha Stewart going to jail. Yeah, it's like that, and uh, when the entire country came together to collectively bully Monica Lewinsky for six years in a row. Like, those are the Jeez. two best times for late-night comedy, probably. Yeah. And OJ. Yeah. And OJ, yeah. Don't forget OJ. Um, yeah, the dancing Eatos. I will Can't say uh, I will say that, like, uh, what were we just talking about? Uh, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Yeah, this was, uh, this is probably also like prime daily show with Jon Stewart for me. Oh, too. hell yeah. Yes. Uh, I was watching a lot of that. So I, I, that just, that just totally reminded me of it that like, Oh yeah, this, th- yeah, he covered Martha Stewart. Of course. Like of course <laughs> he covered everything. The guy was doing the news. <laughs> so some of the Colbert other too, this is when Colbert's really on fire and, and getting big. That's right. All yeah. right. Um, some of the other TV shows of the time we have lost just started Friends Ends, uh, House, Deadwood, Arrested Development, and uh, Sex in the City. Uh, do you guys like any of those shows? Arrested Development is great, you know. But, yeah, it's uh, a big one. I, I was very into Friends as a kid, and the finale I, was a big deal for me. Yeah. I think everything you said just now, Eric, I'm was pretty into at some point or have at yeah, least got me like, like excited. Traveled. You're reading that yeah. list. I was like, man, TV yeah. was good when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, De- Deadwood is something that I'm going to revisit very soon, just with that movie coming out. So in 04, I started my very first job, and I was working as a, an usher at a movie theater. And there was nice. a two-year period where I was working at this movie theater and could just see every movie uh, that came out. And it was like, it, I think it had 16 screens, so it had... Yeah. everything and for from 2004 to like the beginning of 06 i saw every movie that came out so some of the 2004 ones include shrek 2 mm-hmm. harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban uh the incredibles meet the fockers oceans 12 <laughs> million dollar baby sideways and the aviator wow hmm yeah it's an okay, I was like that in okay a, I never worked in a movie theater, even though it's like my dream job. That's my like retirement. When I'm there, I'm, I want to be the old guy ripping tickets who's just like, look, I get paid like minimum wage, but I get to see whatever I want, and I'm gonna be dead soon. Uh, but <laughs> I had friends who worked in theaters in like oh five oh six, so those are the years that I saw everything that came out because we could get in for free. Yeah, it was the best, man. Yeah, and of course I would you could I could like bring one friend with me, so it was like. Just a constant of me just bringing people to, to to movies just for the hell of it after school, and you could I could bring in my own like massive like cup and thing to put popcorn in and just get like free. <laughs> it was oh, a yeah. dream. Look, look Eric, at Eternal uh, Sunshine, Saw, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. This is a big year. Mm-hmm. Spider Man Two, the best Spider Man. Hey, Eric, I was going to ask yeah. you, uh, how how. Uh, I don't know, like your film palette at the time. Where do you? Where would you say it was that? I mean, you said you're a big fan of Mallrats, but like, where did you watch Sideways at the time and think it was great, or you know, like maybe you still don't think it's great? I don't know. I love Sideways, so I was, <laughs> I was gonna, I was checking in. Like, was it, was it dawning on you at the time? Like, oh my god, like film is exploding for me, or, or were you kind of just? I liked everything. I was always a comedy, yeah. a comedy fan. Uh, yeah as a teenager and like as a kid and stuff 
mm-hmm. and also horror, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I truly just went and saw everything. It, it, it like that's awesome. Didn't matter yeah. at all. And I, I yeah. do remember. I have, I have the same question, but with before sunset. So after this answer, but before. <laughs> sunset. <laughs> also good. Also very good. So, fellas, I think we're ready to dive into a seed of Chucky, but we're going to take one of our patented very quick breaks, if that's all right oh, with perfect. you, fellas. So we will see you on the other side. Seed of Chucky. So Seed of Chucky is set six years after Bride of Chucky and follows Glenn, the son of Chucky and Tiffany, as he resurrects his parents and causes chaos. Matt, <laughs> when I asked you uh, which which film you would like to do for this, uh, I believe, and I think this is a direct quote, you said, give me that seed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, uh, what is your, what's your reasoning behind, behind wanting to cover this movie? Uh, I love this movie. Uh, I didn't see this movie for a few years after it came out. For some reason, even though I haven't seen Bride of Chucky, or most of the other ones, I just was like, I gotta watch this movie. Uh, I think it is genuinely a funny movie and a very well-made horror movie. Like, I can't believe that uh, that Don Mancini didn't direct the other movies for so long and then jumped on. Like, he is this the first? This is the first movie he ever directed. I can't believe that because it's like mm-hmm. all the kills and stuff in it. I think are great. Everything about this movie is great. I think Jennifer <laughs> Tilly is funny in it. I think Redman's very funny in it. I like yeah. that she calls him Redman. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that I I love for some reason a big thing with me is movies set in LA and Hollywood even though this one is shot in Romania <laughs> it still right. like feels like a Hollywood movie I just I love this movie I I'm super glad I'm super excited to talk about it and I I don't it's not ironic I think this is a good movie Yeah I I would agree with that this is like a very uh, interesting film and we'll we'll get into it uh, here so I'm I'm just going to give a little bit of a of a background of the production and how this movie came to be. And then we'll go through, uh, go through the plot a little bit. So, uh, production on this film began, uh, pretty much right after, uh, the success of bride of Chucky. So it started in 98 and it was originally called son of Chucky, uh, director Ronnie, Yu, who, uh, did, Bride of Chucky was unable to return, unfortunately, because he directed the hell out of uh, Bride of Chucky. Matt, you got to watch Bride of Chucky. It's such I a will. slam dunk. It, it's such a good film. And uh, this movie is also great, Matt. But I mean, Bride of Chucky uh, is like this movie, but really tight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie doesn't really catch you up on Bride of Chucky. No, uh, I, not other than much. some little mentions. So I, I do want to ask, like, I was reading the synopsis for Bride of Chucky and like, apparently, does it end with with Tiffany spontaneously giving birth to the kid in this movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> OK, because I was like, I read the I read the synopsis and I was like, yeah, when is this kid born? Because in this movie, it seems like this kid just exists and he just is like assumes he's related to Chucky and has no actual reason to believe that other than the mark on his hand. Uh, they don't show, I thought they could have used maybe a flashback or something that explained it a little bit more, but this movie really trusts that you've seen Bride of Chucky, which I, you know what, I kind of respect. Yeah, it doesn't like, it doesn't treat you, the audience, assuming you're a huge Chucky fan, like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 
it like pretends you've seen Bride of Chucky and have also like done the logical leaps to understand Bride of Chucky that they also did. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it also like I just love that all these films have what I call like the carry ending, which is like uh surprise some new thing you never have seen before just jumps out at you and Mm -hmm. grabs you by the arm and uh in the last film bride of chucky it is that she gives birth to another doll as a doll and this thing leaps out and like kind of bites the face of the cop who's just watching this happen uh so this is the first film to be distributed by another company since child's play um the the first child's play Universal Pictures, who had been distributing uh, the last three Chucky films, uh, expected a more conventional slasher film from the script that Mancini gave them, uh, and they rejected the script with the note, and this is a quote, this is too gay. Mm. That's so obnoxious, because this is like, uh, not to get too carried away, but like this is like, I don't know. I, I kind of said it earlier. This film is saying something like all of the other Chucky movies are not doing. It's it's taking such a huge like it's uh it's such a huge risk and and and, and making such a bold statement. <laughs> I don't right. know. I just find that to be so obnoxious. And like, nope, too gay. It's 2004. We can't handle it. Get out of here. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and Don Mancini, I'm sure, was offended by that. I think he was even trying to insert some like LGBTQ. Uh, themes in Bride of Chucky and wasn't able to, but now everyone was all excited to make another movie and everyone was stoked about Bride of Chucky and now we don't get another movie for uh, five years, which is annoying. Six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the film was written and directed by Don Mancini. Uh, it's Mancini's directorial debut. Uh, he said he was interested in exploring LGBT themes uh, in, the, in this film. Uh, so he decided to write a screenplay inspired by the 1953 cult classic by Ed Wood, Glenn or Glenda. Uh, he decided to continue the shift towards comedy after noting horror villains such as Michael Myers and Jason become less scary as they become more familiar to the audiences. Um, and he has also said that this is, he considers this to be more of a, uh, comedy than a horror. So we have a cast of, uh, Brad Dourif, of course, Jennifer Tilly is back as Tiffany and herself, uh, (laughs) which is crazy. (laughs) This is like, I'm a fan of Jennifer Tilly and this like might be her best performance. She is great in this movie. It's Are you really kidding? Good. It's a it's a tour de force. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> like it, she is I mean, she's our I mean, she's one of a kind, but also like if you <laughs> in this film, it's it's unreal. I I couldn't believe what I was watching. My girlfriend was listening to me watch this movie from the <laughs> other room and came out and just sat and watched the rest of it. She was like, "What is going on?" I mean, it's it's unstoppable. I I'm such a huge Jennifer Tilly fan and this film just like, I mean, totally nail in that coffin. I'm dead, guys. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Billy Boyd as the voice of Glenn, who I guess plays Pippin in uh, the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, yes, he's a hobbit. Redman as Redman. Uh, Hannah, Hannah Spirit as Joan, who uh, was in S Club 7, apparently. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then John Waters is Pete Peters, of course, who we all know, who we all know from the uh, the Great Simpsons episode Homer's Phobia. Uh, and Mancini said that he wrote this uh, specifically for John because John Waters is, I guess, known as a uh, a Chucky fan, which I think is pretty uh, great. That is so cool. Imagine making a thing and finding out John Waters is like a big fan of it. That's got to be like the highest compliment you could possibly get. Yeah, yeah that would it definitely. It, it means you're on the right track for sure. Yeah, Matt. This I think is everyone like... who wants to make a weird movie has written a character for John Waters. Like, even if you know him <laughs> or not, or it's possible to get him, you're like, in my if I had my druthers, John Waters would play this character. We'll have another person play it, of course. Yes, the and... freaking guy is in Jackass for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and for That's John Waters, for. this is like Matt. This is like you getting to be uh getting to be on Ducktales. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like yes uh there's also i mean we didn't mention nadia dina arakat as britney spears she's credited oh, yes. as britney spears i guess yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> i love that scene as a as a uh man who will freeze himself in the early 2000s forever i love a scene of chucky running britney spears off the road in the hills of hollywood <laughs> so i guess britney spears's people uh demanded that they put a disclaimer in the trailer for seed of chucky that it's not <laughs> actually britney spears uh, because I guess she and her people were upset about it for some reason, which is yeah, it's better than like suing them for doing it. I mean, you know, sort of like remove that because I guess she was doing a lot of weird cameos at the time, like Goldmember and such. So maybe you could believe that it was her in the Chucky movie about semen. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Eric, are we doing kind of weird factoids about the film? Could we could we launch into some of those at this point? You think? Yeah. What do you got? Well, uh, just a few things here. Uh, Jason Fleming, who uh, is in this film, uh, you all know Jason Fleming, right? He's kind of like a Guy Ritchie staple. He's a British actor. Uh, he plays the Santa Claus in the beginning of this film. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know said, this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He said that the film, uh, this is the only film he'd erase from his filmography. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I, uh, I was dressed as Santa getting killed by a doll on a set in Romania, <laughs> thinking, where did it go wrong? <laughs> this guy's in the 1994 live action Jungle Book, so... I mean, I think he's got worse things on his on his yeah, IMDb page. Than I would this. I, I would have put that up there before this film for sure. Also, yeah. uh, Chris, he's a rock he, star. Come on, dude. Yeah, extraordinary gentleman. He yeah he's 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 in good stuff. I mean, the guy's doing fine. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Quentin Tarantino was also originally offered the role that Redman ended up playing, <laughs> 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 which can I mean. I I kind of want to see that version, the the Tarantino cut, <laughs> yeah, the one where he is the red man instead of red man. I love. Oh, there'd be jokes about her feet. He would like touch her feet. Oh, for sure, it would be hilarious feet content. <laughs> I love the switch from like, oh, Tarantino can't do it. You know what? Let's get red man. Like, how do you go from one from A to B? That's so crazy. Yeah, Redman uh, is hilarious in this movie. Like, I don't mind saying I think he is legitimately great in this movie. Yeah. Uh, do we know, like, around what time How High came out? Was this around the same time or? Uh, I think that's that sounds right. Or maybe a couple. 2001. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Red, so not Red, that long after. Redman was sort of considered in this era of, like, kind of like, oh, he's doing acting now. Like, 
throw, give him a roll. You know, like it, you know, if it's small, like he'll probably hit it out of the park. Yeah, is he in any of the scary movies? I bet he's in some of those. That total. I don't know if he is, but when you said it out loud, it makes it would. I totally see him in that <laughs> movie. He's in Scary Movie Three. Of course. Oh, great. So, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one that ends with all the like rappers and hip hop artists showing up. So he's probably in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, this and is also, also Macy the... Gray. Macy Gray. Oh my God. Yeah, she's one of the people that shows up. Uh, as of 2016, uh, this is the only Child's Play movie that contains nudity. Is which is crazy because like, I guess Bride of Chucky didn't have nudity in it, but in my mind it does. You know. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, I it might as well. Um, it is kind of impressive, right? This is the fifth movie of this like slasher franchise, and I feel like nudity and like sex is always sort of a staple in these kinds of well, films. Well, because it's, it's, it centers around kids, so I guess it makes sense that there hasn't been nudity up to this point. Um, yeah, that totally tracks. Hmm. As of... Uh, oh, uh, and, and also, I'm curious, I, of going back to this film... But I don't actually remember nudity in the main portion of the film. But I remember nudity in like the post-credit sequence of like them showing the cast off. Like there's a there's a shower kill in the beginning of this film. Yep. Yeah. At the I very beginning, there's nudity, and then uh, also Tiffany uh, flashes Chucky, which <laughs> okay. again is the um, the best scene in the film. So I'm gonna remember everything <laughs> about that scene. It's so crazy because I don't I I, re, I don't remember that being in the actual film, but I remember it from the post credit sequence of them being like, "Here's all the players," and like they reshow a lot of the scenes from the film. So I I was wondering if they saved it for the end, but I guess it was just in there, <laughs> and I I didn't realize it. So we open on uh, Glenn. I guess this is Glenn being born. We see these. Uh, awesome pov shots of glenn uh so i was listening i i did watch this with commentary with um <laughs> don mancini and jennifer tilly oh that's awesome oh, jennifer tilly's on the commentary that rules it, it was great to listen to them because they they're clearly like friends and and just she I think at one point mancini even says like there are so many uh, other actresses that would just like kind of like poo-poo his ideas and 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 like question everything about, about this film and and about Bride of Chucky and Jennifer Tilly I guess was just like on board with everything which is <laughs> cool to hear um it reads it reads so well like she's yeah uh, I mean again like she's so awesome in this movie and her being game for everything I think is really important to it so that's good to hear also mm. I just want to say so far, this is the worst opening to any Chucky movie we've done so far. <laughs> I I love the like the w, like Windows Media uh, yes. or Windows Movie Maker credits, like the the effect that they disappear on. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember using that on like the first time I ever edited movies. I mean, it puts such a bad taste in my mouth immediately watching like a bunch of sperm fly through a fallopian tube or whatever. <laughs> like it was so awful and ages so poorly uh the film recovers so gracefully from this but i just wanted to throw that out there that we've had like most of the chucky films have great opening credit sequences and this mm. one terrible i mean i just i was I, just upset I, I that it ripped it. off look who's talking that was my problem <laughs> with it. 
So we have this, uh, we open on this, what we find out is a nightmare uh, of Glenn, and we see this uh, POV shot that Mancini said took like three to four days to film this whole, uh, this whole part where he like murders uh, this girl's parents. But yeah. uh, we, f- we find out that uh, this is six years after the previous film, and Glenn is the, uh, the son of Chucky and Tiffany, uh, he wakes up from this nightmare where he is killing people and he is in a reality where he's living a life of embarrassment and shame as a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, so poor Glenn is forced to perform and uh, gets locked inside a cage. And uh, he sees Tiffany and Chucky on TV and realizes he's their son. So <laughs> what, what are you guys' like, just kind of first impressions of Glenn? I like that it's he's hideous, like or they. I, we should say they because this character is. Uh, I mean, I I would love to ask people who know more than I do about this stuff, but like it seems like a pretty sensitive portrayal of non-binary sexuality. Yeah, uh, I I like that about the character, and you know, it's coming from Don Mancini, who is a gay man who wanted LGBTQ stuff in the movie, so I trust that it's done pretty well. Um, and I like that he's Japanese. There's a lot of diversity in this character. Yeah. I okay so I know I I just said what I said about the credit sequence and I do hate the sperm stuff but I do want to hang just for a moment on like the POV stuff at the beginning where he's having that nightmare mm-hmm. um that's an incredibly effective sequence for me I really liked that um yeah. it references not one but two moments in the film psycho where he like the kill of the detective where like it's that POV shot of him falling all the way down the stairs. Like that's how the father dies. And then it references the, obviously the Janet Lee sequence in psycho. It's really well done. It's like Glenn does two psycho kills in one and, you know, not to spoil too much, but later on in the film, the psycho stuff will echo more and more. But, Mm. um, I also, I also really liked, so I don't know the Japanese stuff though, the made in Japan <laughs> stuff that actually kind of does bother me. And it, I, I actually <laughs> did have a problem with it going into the film. I was like, I didn't know what they were trying to do exactly. And, and the fact that like a like Japanese sound cue goes off every single time they look <laughs> at their wrist. Like it, it, it is campy, but I'm not sure it's the most sensitive choice they could have made there, especially a film that seems to be so sensitive to other groups. It, it, it just, again, it, it's like ideas are kind of flying all over the place immediately. <laughs> and I guess the Japanese one landed a little sour in my mouth, but I, I don't know. I don't speak for everyone, and, and maybe someone could talk me out of this, but I, I kind of was a little already on the defensive like whoa wait wait a minute like billy boyd is now saying arigato i'm like okay uh <laughs> mm-hmm. well he's but, not but, like doing a voice he is like speaking some light japanese in some parts but i i i do like so yeah it's very insensitive the way they use the sound cues and stuff but i like the idea that this character knows one thing about himself that he was made in japan which would tell you i guess i'm japanese then and he does like he's 
they the character like wants an identity and wants an origin and wants to know who they are. So you would latch on to that. And, and I like that they show the character has actively tried to learn. Of course, it involves Kung Fu, uh, which is bad. <laughs> but uh, I like that the character like actively tried to learn about the culture and try to embrace the culture of what they assume is their own. I don't know. I, I think it kind of works for me. Oh, I wanted to go back to uh, that that opening shot that you were talking about, Jeremy, that references uh, Psycho. Uh, Mancini in the commentary also mentioned that it was a bit of a parody of Halloween, uh, which hmm. I can see because it's like a POV yeah. shot of he's oh, like going yeah, into nice. a bedroom yeah, yeah, and yeah. stabbing people. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so good. It, it, it's it's. I, I didn't I didn't hear the commentary and um, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. And it, it, again, it also I don't know if I, I just want to throw this to you guys. Did it kind of scare you? It, it, I, I felt genuinely freaked out by that sequence. I just thought it was really well put together. Yeah, there's a good yeah, eeriness. I, I don't know if I was it. scared, but it's well done. I mean, I wasn't like shivering and holding my blankie up to my <laughs> face, but uh... did you get did you guys pee your pants? <laughs> well yeah but I laughed that every time that happened to I don't know with... why <laughs> <laughs> okay we can move on <laughs> so uh, desperate to know their parents Glenn manages to escape his abusive owner and tracks Chucky and Tiffany to Hollywood uh, he finds them in a prop room of uh, Jennifer Tilly's new horror film which includes Chucky and uh, Tiffany uh, and I guess there's a like a full-on news reporter like on set of this movie shoot, which I thought was yeah. <laughs> kind of silly. Uh, yeah. So Glenn uses uh, the heart of Dambala, the voodoo amulet from the last movie, to bring Chucky and Tiffany back to life. Um, and we get this like made-in-Japan bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I love seeing Chucky for the first time in these movies. Like the first time you see him in this movie, he's you realize that it's a doll, but then you realize that that doll actually is the real Chucky. I don't know; it it just worked for me. I I always like pump my fist a little bit when the first time yeah. I see Chucky on screen. Matt, you actually had a very funny tweet about this. I think that was did I? Oh, I my like, tweet about uh yeah, I love yeah. movies that are like. You thought you were watching our movie, but it's actually a fake movie inside our real movie, you idiot. <laughs> that's, just a, that's a trope that I love. Yeah, it's a good trope. It, 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 I think it always kind of works for me. And at this point now, it's working for me just because I'm like, oh, they know the trope. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so Yeah, I actually have a question about this. So the, the puppets they're using in the movie... Within the within the world of, of the movie, are those the real dead dolls of Chucky and Tiffany? Yes, I believe so. Okay, I thought so, but I don't know if somebody like says that or you just assume. Because when he opens the back of one of them, there's like you know tissue inside of it, and it freaks him out. And I, I was like, I guess when they die, that goes away, and it wasn't there before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this can is can so I say something as 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 a, as a little bit of a stickler for the the child's play lore? Uh-huh. Uh, they they oftentimes play very fast and loose with the rules of like how the dolls sure. work and if even the dolls <laughs> are the same dolls from the previous movies. And I will say, this is the first film that it didn't bother me. Like playing fast with the rules actually 
didn't bother me. I was like, every choice they made, I was like, you know what? You're right. Keep moving. Keep looking straight <laughs> ahead. Don't ever look back. Like, just keep this energy up because the energy is so good in this film that to, to look back and to ask a lot of questions and to start getting into the weeds about, is this the same Chucky? Is did like, they fill his guts with animatronics because he's now on a film set. And like, did that take out his real guts? Do they know, like, are they being disrespectful to the corpses that the previous Chucky left behind? You know, like all those <laughs> questions just kind of faded away. And I was like, you know what? I'm along for the ride. Like I, in my head, in order to suspend disbelief, I was like, I think they're the same dolls, and I think they just used them as props, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, finding out that Glenn is their son, Chucky faints, and Tiffany hugs Glenn. Uh, a hmm. puppeteer starts taking Tiffany apart, and uh, she and Chucky decapitate him with a piano wire. Uh, I thought it was... I, I liked the reveal of, of that guy like having to see Tiffany's like human insides inside of this plastic doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be an in- insane thing to experience. Uh, and yeah. then like right before you die also. <laughs> <laughs> the shot of his head flipping off is great. Yes. Uh, and the effects are great. And that guy's also playing himself. Uh, yeah. He is the actual effects guy for the movie, which is I love. So then we get this weird uh, scene where Tiffany and Chucky are inspecting Glenn's crotch, I guess, <laughs> uh, which was which was strange. Um, but I guess it very important to uh, Glenn's kind of character arc. Uh, yeah, Jennifer, I think so. Uh, Jennifer finds the dismembered head uh, and calls the police, and then rides home in a limousine with the dolls. Uh, she tries to get a role as the Virgin Mary in Redman's uh, directorial debut. What was the movie? Do you, do you know what the remember what the movie was that Redman was supposed to be directing? It was like a movie about the birth of Jesus, okay. right? Because he also mentions Mel Gibson. He said God made him make this movie, which he's just lying about. Uh, and he references Mel Gibson being spoken to, which also is this around when Mel Gibson had his rant? I imagine this is that. Mm. Oh, yeah. good Here, question. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. I I'm trying to think back. How long have we hated Mel Gibson for? <laughs> I mean, like forever. 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 Yeah, it feels like for yeah for, for I mean, you. He's forever. back now. Yeah, he's having yeah, he's a renaissance today. <laughs> he really is. You know what? I'm um, glad that people can have a, a second life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even the horrible. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question, Matt. Actually, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is he references it, God talking to him because Passion of the Christ is oh, it's, Passion of the Christ is the same year. So I think so I guess it's it's a year or two later because Apocalypto is 06. Hmm. I think it was after Apocalypto, right? Man, I can't remember. It feels like forever. Ago. I would love to see Redman's Passion of the Christ. <laughs> oh, it was August 06 it happened. Okay. So we still got some time. Yeah. Okay. So he's just a maybe semi-religious weirdo at this point. He's not quite a racist, full-on racist yet. Yeah. He's just making snuff films about the Lord. <laughs> yeah. God. That, I can we? I mean, Passion of the Christ is straight up awful, right? I've never seen it. I had to see it, man. Again, parents being super <laughs> religious, like my church would like buy out all like whole theaters and we'd all just like pack in there and watch it as like 16 year olds. Like 
this is worse than any Tarantino <laughs> film I've ever seen, guys. That's how I saw the first um, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe movie. My friend's church did that, and he, he brought me with him, which is a, a pretty okay movie. That was, like, worth it. Are those movies worth watching? Because I've never seen them, but I, I liked the old BBC Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I remember it being okay. It's got a good cast, but I mm. don't remember m- much about it, actually. <laughs> So Redman tells Jennifer she's not right for the part, and uh, she invites him over. Uh, meanwhile, Chucky and Tiffany plan to uh, transfer their souls into Redman and Jennifer. Uh, so uh, John Waters, playing a paparazzi, uh, is snapping pictures of Tiffany and Redman making out. Uh, Redman and Jennifer start to uh, go to bed early, if you know what I mean, Jeremy. And uh, Oh, yeah. I, I will say that uh, a couple of things that, uh, in in this chunk that you just described, Eric, that I kind of wanted to bring up was like, uh, what does John Waters say? What is his line he's saying as he's taking photographs of not only Chucky, but he sees Tiffany behind the couch when uh, when Jennifer Tilly and Redman are, are making out. He says something like, thank God for the little people. Is that the line? <laughs> I think oh. he says, God bless the little people. <laughs> God bless the little people. Yeah, because he f- is fully aware that there are like little people in this house. That's like what he thinks is happening, right? Yeah, he thinks there's like a whole whole mansion, which yeah. Jennifer Tilly, even in 04, I don't know if she lives in that house. Do you guys what do you how do you feel about that? <laughs> Was it too big? Is that what you're is that what you're getting at, Matt? I think so. Right there in Beverly Hills. I mm-hmm. Jennifer yeah. Tilly, I mean I love Jennifer. We we went on and on about how much we love Jennifer Tilly, but I don't know if she's yeah. in that tax bracket. Yeah. I don't know either, but um now this is gonna be kind of crazy and i hope not too much of a downer but uh jennifer tilly was really close with sam simon is that right oh yeah i've heard that yeah and it i i were they dating or were they married at some point was that or were they just that friends right yeah because i think jennifer tilly yeah, and sam simon were i i remember specifically on that wtf interview where mark Marin is interviewing sam simon jennifer tilly being like maybe in the house or like around when that was actually going on. Yeah. I think they like got divorced or something, but we're like still best friends. Yeah. And I think she kind of helped out, Oh man, if I'm getting any of this wrong, I'm sorry, but I think she might've been around like during his cancer period when he was like going through that. And, um, but yeah, I think, uh, Oh yeah. Ex-wife. Yeah. They, yeah. they were married and then got divorced. And I think had like, I think like we're still friends. Yeah. Um, so if there was any of that Simpsons money floating around, maybe she could have had a house <laughs> that big. <laughs> oh yeah, that that, that was a big roundabout way. Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking maybe from the divorce too. Anyways, hey, so- did you guys know that Sam Simon wrote the Super, the Danny, the the uh, Joe Pesci movie? No. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know he was yes, a he writer. Did. For some reason, I thought he was just on the production side. Like he just like was a producer, mover and shaker guy. I think he maybe wrote a little. I, he was definitely a, a producer. Oh, yeah, he wrote a bunch. Of, he wrote on Cheers and was a producer on Cheers. Barney Miller. He was one of those okay. guys. So yeah, he was in the. He was firmly in the, uh, the Jim Brooks, kind of wheelhouse. That's cool. So uh, <laughs> the Chuck Man takes Glenn on a car ride, and of course they drive Britney Spears off the road, <laughs> killing her. She is driving a convertible, listening to her own music. 
<laughs> at a loud volume, apparently. It's <laughs> such a fun, cheap sound alike, though. It's so funny that it's like so close to being, I guess, it's like a rap. It's like it's like a rap song sampled a Britney Spears sound alike. Yeah. Like it's so far from her real music, but so close to like right. I see what they're going for. <laughs> yeah. So they arrive at uh, Pete Peters' dark room, who is uh, John Waters' character, and Peters had taken pictures of uh, Tilly and Redman kissing, and uh, so Glenn tries to warn Peters that Chucky is about to attack, uh, and Peters uh, I guess bumps into a shelf that has a jar of sulfuric acid on it, and it falls, <laughs> splashes down on him, and uh, yeah, it's gross. Uh, I thought this whole scene <laughs> yeah. like looked really good, though. Like this yeah. looked really good. There's some questionable CG, but other than all the yeah. all the practical stuff, looks fantastic. I oh. I wasn't sure if this is right, but would you have sulfuric acid in your dark room? Is that right, or should sure. I just Probably not ask not. this question? Yeah, <laughs> it's best to not ask. You know what, guys? Maybe I apologize. Would. I am. Uh, very sorry. Mancini, he's a perv. He's a perv. He needs it also very high up on a shelf. He needs it to like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, yeah, a devastating event if it were to yeah. ever knock over. And it better be a flimsy <laughs> shelf. Yes. Nothing yeah. Nothing too sturdy. Flimsy bottle, too. Like, if you drop that jar <laughs> off of that height onto a man's head, I think it would just crack his head. Like, it was yeah. a bad jar. It was yeah. an interesting kill, though. And as a guy who is kind of horny for kills in these movies and is always interested seeing how they're gonna do them i thought this one was pretty good it was like acid i'm like wow okay that's not yeah. a knife <laughs> so uh, i also have a question about the last chucky movie in 98 did you guys talk about his appearance on weekend update on saturday night live <laughs> no we, we, we discussed not. his uh wwf appearance but not yeah, we <laughs> not weekend update okay he was he did talk to uh colin uh what's his name on weekend colin update quinn Colin Quinn. That's funny. Did he yeah. talk to him in? Did Brad Dorif come on the show? Yeah, as Chuck. Oh like Chucky's my there. God. Yeah, it's a it's a very ridiculous clip. If you dig that up, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, just, wow. I forgot about it, but I was just reminded of it as I was googling uh, whatever we were talking about about Chucky a second ago. That's awesome. I got to check that out. Uh, yeah, so, I got to check that out. Yeah. So Chucky is absolutely stoked about this uh, this guy getting killed because he thinks that Glenn did it <laughs> on purpose. Uh, and I guess that he takes a picture to celebrate. Uh, we cut to Jennifer waking up the next morning, realizing she's pregnant, and uh, she thinks Redman is responsible. And Redman, we find out, got a vasectomy the second he got to Hollywood. I guess. <laughs> I love how in every scene going forward, Redman is just chowing down on a huge glass of wine and like <laughs> some just like hearty meal. <laughs> yeah, there's like a full. Actually, I wondered this during the movie. I was like, that has to be a catered meal, right? There's like multiple courses on the table, and I know Jennifer Tilly, who's a busy woman at the at this moment, dealing with all the shit she's dealing with, did not make that whole dinner. Right. Yeah, I would assume it's catered, yeah. I uh, bet it was Joan who made it. That's a good point. She was in the house. Oh. Mm -hmm. She could have been there she, cooking. And, and honestly, she is like the underdog of this film. Like, I really liked mm -hmm. Joan, and we haven't talked about her a lot yet, but I really want to bring it up. 
she's <laughs> such a such an integral part of the story and she was so cool and reminded me of an ex-girlfriend i once had oh man i love joan <laughs> As someone who's worked as a, an assistant in Hollywood, I really identified with the character of Joan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, um, she's the second British actor we have. Oh, no, like third or fourth British actor we've had on this film, which I, I wrote down as a note. Uh, what is it with like the British influence on this movie? Do we know yet? Or It's because they're shooting in Romania. So they're okay. like, so they're just they're casting actors. from Europe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Like it's it's like Star yeah. Wars syndrome. It's like how I, all the evil people in Star Wars are British just because they shot at Pinewood Studios and that's who the people yeah. that were around that could get. Yeah. Because obviously it starts with Billy Boyd, but then he's in England with that puppeteer and then Joan is British and it's like it, it it sort of gets suspicious after a while. You're like, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, the driver what? is like kind of like he's like got it's like he's trying to hide his accent poorly and then keeps slipping into it. I think that's what it felt like to me in the commentary. Mancini says f- for budgetary reasons, um, they had to like c- they had to cast a bunch of British actors and he wanted a lot of them to just try and do American accents. And I guess so many of them were so bad at it that he just told them to not even try and just do their British <laughs> accents. <laughs> Tiffany kills Redman, and we see his intestines falling out, which is pretty gross. Uh, oh, great effect on like the steam coming off of them. I, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that effect. I was like staring at those intestines. Yeah. So, I love how quickly it happens, too. She just like, <laughs> like she's using uh, like an exacto knife. She just like slice. I actually, I've been doing a. Uh, uh, I've been building these Gundam models lately, and I I ordered wow. because I'm going insane, uh, and I am I'm locking myself away and not talking to people anymore, and I'm I'm going whole hog into Gundam models. I ordered surgical grade uh, uh, scalpels, so I'm using like like tools that should be saving a life right now. I'm using to build my little robot toys, and it is very scary how easy they cut through everything that like I am terrified all the time just holding it because I'm like I'm going to hurt myself with this thing (laughs) and this scene like reminded me of that that's so awesome that you say that Matt because like a couple of uh, anytime I see a kill on screen in a Chucky movie or any slasher film I'm always like would the knife actually really do that because I I imagine in my kitchen knife wouldn't the knife she had or I think even like a butcher knife would be hard because also your hand would slip on the hand. I mean, there's like all kinds of like mm-hmm. real uh, IRL knife kill problems hashtag that you would probably have <laughs> uh, uh, going into a situation like that. Like so that that's uh, I'm glad you said that because that that takes away a lot mm-hmm. of my like questions. <laughs> I just hand wave it away as like these dolls are clearly very strong. You know, like they, from the things dolls. we the things we see them do, like they are like stronger than a grown human, clearly. So I think it's just like, yeah, she just like was able to shove really hard. The next day, Jennifer wakes up and she's full on preggers. Uh, Chucky attacks <laughs> and captures her and ties her up. Uh, now we're in the room with 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 uh, Jennifer and Glenn slash Glenda. Uh, they're not sure if they want to be a boy or a girl, but he says, uh, I definitely don't want to be a killer. And uh, <laughs> so, sorry for that. And uh, yeah, and Jennifer's chauffeur, Stan, is captured. And uh, he's now that Red Man is dead, serving as Chucky's replacement body. 
Um, Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's beloved Joan shows up and tries to help <laughs> Jennifer, but she's killed by Glenn's murderous twin sister, Glenda, uh, who, uh, who whose soul shares Glenn's body. Um, Tiffany sma- smacks Glenda and brings Glenn... Uh oh to bring back Glenn and uh yeah what did you guys think of this whole uh action packed little scene I like the Ed Wood reference of uh Glenn or Glenda as an Ed Wood movie about being confused about your own sexuality you know which I appreciate and it's just a good yeah all the kills in this movie are great and look awesome so I like I am super into this whole sequence yeah, I mean, that was particularly cool when, like, they light, or I guess Glenda lights Joan on fire, and then she falls off the balcony mm. and then kind of makes a cross when she hits the ground. Yes. Like, she's just, like, a flaming cross on the ground, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly, I don't know. Again, I just, I, I keep going back to this well of it being so well done. Like, everything is such, mm. so well crafted and, like, thought out and... Man, like, you know, I really like Bride of Chucky. Like, it's so well directed. But this film, I have more problems with it than in Bride of Chucky, but also it's incredibly well done, too. It's it's mm-hmm. in a different way, for sure. But it's, like, the execution of, like, the very, ha- I would say, almost hacky Glenn or Glenda reference in this film is still charms me to the bone. I love it. Like, I don't know, like, have you guys seen Glenn or Glenda, or has everyone at least seen Ed Wood, the film Ed Wood? I've, I've seen, seen Ed Wood, Wood, but I have not seen Glenn or Glenda. Okay, same with me. So I've seen basically Ed Wood, and I know about Glenn or Glenda from that, and I knew when they named him Glenn, and then she, and then you know, Jennifer Tilly names him Glenda, I'm like, oh, they're referencing the Ed Wood film, but I didn't know how far they were going to take it, and then again, like, I'm going to bring up the psycho reference here where like, this is Norman Bates coming out as the mother kind of sequence. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's one of these like uh, things that is a, it's a thing that horror films do so well where they reference so many things just in one like wallop of a scene, one big old fat punch to the gut, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. It's like, it's, it's just so much and it's so exciting. It's like a, it's like a firework show or something. I don't know. It, it, it it's really fun. So after uh, Jennifer gives birth to uh, a boy and a girl, uh, Chucky says, aye, 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 which I thought was funny. And he finally <laughs> accepts his, uh, his circumstances, which is kind of an interesting uh, realization for Chucky. And Tiffany is disgusted by this, and uh, she decides to take Glenn with her and uh, go away from Chucky. Uh, however, Chucky is pissed. He throws a knife at Jennifer to stop Tiffany uh, transferring her soul into her body and leaving him. Uh, but Stan jumps in the way to save her and tells Jennifer he loves her before he dies. I'm glad that old Stan finally got to uh, tell Jennifer Tilly that he that he loves her. He's been <laughs> and a very weirdly ADR line. Like his mouth yeah. is not saying <laughs> what he's saying. Yeah. Right. Uh, the police arrive on the scene and the dolls flee. Uh, I feel that I say that sentence in like every episode of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer is rushed to the hospital and claims she wants to see her babies. Uh, Tiffany drugs Jennifer and begins to possess her. 
Uh, but Chucky breaks in and kills Tiffany with an axe. Uh, we get this great shining parody where Chucky says, uh, I can't think of a thing to say. Which, God, it's so good. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that was actually a laugh out loud moment for me. There's so many I fun I too, and I was thinking like, wow, Brad Dourif is so good in this movie. Like I Like that line read is just perfect. Like he sells it exactly the way I think that character should. Yeah. Matt, I know you don't have the benefit of like watching all of the Chucky movies in sequential order like we do, <laughs> but Brad Dourif, like from Chucky or Child's Play 1 to now, like they give him more lines per movie and every movie he kills it harder and harder. Like he just mm-hmm. gets better as the series goes on. It, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I watched the first Child's Play for the first time, like since I was a kid, and I was really disappointed. Like I should have expected it, but it feels like when you watch like the first Freddy Krueger or whatever, you're like, oh yeah, this movie's not about him. He's the monster still, so he's right. like only going to show up every once in a while. It's still yeah. like trying to be about these real people, and then slowly starts to realize like, nah, everyone wants you to just see the monster. Let's just see them all the time. Right. It's kind of like I I always. Uh compared to Terminator 1 versus Judgment Day. Like, sure. like how much more Arnold you get in Judgment Day is, like, shocking, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed like to be scared that. of him, so he can only show up, like, when he can scare you. Because right. if you see him all the time, you're not scared of him. But, like, and, you know, this uh, we mentioned this earlier, but the director said that, like, you know, you mentioned, notice, like, Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and stuff, like, and that's how it is. It's just the more you see them, the less scared of them you are, but you still want to see them. So you still, so mm-hmm. like the trick of like them showing up isn't going to work on you in the fifth movie, but you do want to see them. So then you get to like Freddy versus Jason, which is just like, they're the two main characters of that movie. They're what you want to see and they're on screen all the time. And it's not scary, but it is like the most kick-ass awesome movie ever. Hell yeah. <laughs> Speaking of kicking ass, Glenn taps into his Japanese roots and uh, <laughs> yeah. challenges Chucky to... Uh, to a hilarious fight, uh, and uh, eventually Jennifer gives him Chucky's axe, <laughs> which Glenn uses to dismember and then impale Chucky with. Uh, yeah, this was this was crazy. Chucky, uh, my notes are out of order. Okay, so Glenn has this emotional <laughs> breakdown, and uh, Jennifer comforts him. We cut to five years later, and we're at a birthday party for Jennifer's children. And a nanny is quitting her job because Jennifer's daughter, Glenda, is scaring her. Uh, Jennifer then beats the nanny to death with uh, the Tiffany doll. And Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer's eyes glow green, symbolizing that Tiffany was successfully, uh, has successfully transferred her soul into Jennifer's body. Uh, Jennifer's Jennifer's body. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I paused at that too. There's a uh, that one whole song, and then also that movie, Jennifer's uh, Body. Oh. The whole song was not what I was thinking about. <laughs> wow, Eric, nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's one whole song about it. Of course, it's a whole song. It wouldn't be part of the song. Oh, but who sang the song? Matt. That's why they pay you the big bucks. You know, I'm a bit of a serial monogamist myself. Uh, <laughs> So Glenn has one more birthday present to open, and when he does so, uh, Chucky's severed arm springs up to grab him. We hear Chucky's evil laugh, and we, well, we fade on out to black. Mm-hmm. And that's it, fellas. Wow. So Matt, Iron Giant style. We like to go through and uh, just kind of give our overall impression of, of each of these films, and 
we like to do a, a, a scale of five Chucky Freckles, five being the, the best. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So wh- if you don't mind going first, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your rating of this film. Are there half Chucky Freckles? Of course. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I got to go 3.5 Chucky Freckles because I really love this movie. I find a lot of enjoyment in it. Uh, I think it's very fun. Uh, and I think it's a lot of these movies, by the time it gets to the point where it's just fun and not scary anymore, the effects and the kills aren't as much of a focus or as important. Uh, this one keeps it up. Like, the effects and the kills are great. Uh, and it's also funny. And it also, like, I love horror movies that have complicated lore and that you can, like, look at each movie and be like, oh, yeah, this is the one where this happens. It's not just another group of teens gets murdered. Uh, so it kind of hits all the things that I need in a fun in a fun, not not as scary horror movie, but it's still, you know, not a great movie. <laughs> like it's it definitely got flaws. It's very heavily flawed. So yeah, three point five, but still like very enjoyable, and I would recommend this movie to anyone. Jeremy, dear boy. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes, master. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I, <laughs> that was weird. I was thinking about this the whole time we were talking. I think I'm going to give it my patented five Chucky freckles out of five. Wow. wow. So Matt, I'm a very generous Chucky <laughs> freckle giver. I will admit sure. that right now. Child's play one and two <laughs> both have five. <laughs> out of five <laughs> and bride of chucky has five out of five and jesus christ <laughs> this movie has five out of five the only movie that doesn't is Ch- child's play three which i think is a bad movie objectively it has what did that three, get that's got a 3.5 out of five okay um but i will say this about uh seed of chucky which is something we haven't really talked about a lot and uh it's probably because none of us on this show are qualified to really delve too deeply into it but um as someone who kind of like i'm on a mod team now with uh at at the ucb theater with um at least one person who's non-gender binary uh this this film is like really really cool like it's really cool that it exists like Mm -hmm. the film is kind of about how parents you up it's about that the whole time like chucky and tiffany are up glenn and glenda like they are just the whole time they're like bad influences. You see Glenn, his eye twitch get worse and worse as the film goes on. And then you see like later on, like the cycle continues when Tiffany gets into Jennifer Tilly's body and she has real kids there and their eyes are twitching and they're all like these weird surrogates for like the Chucky family. Like it, it's about how your, your, your family like can't accept you or is trying to accept you and having a hard time with it. And I think that it kind of shotgun blasts a lot of ideas into a lot of different directions. But I think overall, the thing I was paying most attention to was how they treated Glenn Glenda. And I think it, I think it has to get the LG, uh, the LGBTQ pass of just being like, wow, like they always reference um they as being a they like they have arguments about whether it's a he or a she but when it comes down to it at the very end they land on 
like they are so great like we love them and mm -hmm. i think that that's like a really important message that is over a decade old this movie is and we're just now kind of like seeing the beginnings of gender pronouns becoming like such like a, a, a thing in culture today um and being talked about more and being more relevant and this is something and this is a film that was doing it in 2004 which way ahead of its time and handles it i think pretty well i mean i would have to like, get my my friends in in on in on it and like watching seed of chucky to like fully know if they'd nail it in every way but like uh it it feels right i don't know it feels if if, if it, it felt good leaving the film like yeah sure you can like i don't know delineate on like whether or not like they were that sensitive to the japanese <laughs> or mm -hmm. or uh or other groups but i i feel like they they handled this particularly well and yeah uh, to know what the landscape of film at this time is like look up yeah. the film new york minute starring the olsen twins which came out the same year mm -hmm. uh featured andy richter who was still on <laughs> television playing a white man who was raised by a chinese woman and speaks in the most racist Chinese accent you can imagine, <laughs> Benny in Bang. the entire film, Benny oh. Bang was yes, was his name, was his character's name. <laughs> just wow. just to figure out like what how sensitivity was uh, was uh, portrayed, just generally. Yeah, check check out clips of that. Yeah, and I mean, like I was a little bit like keen to the idea that the Child's Play movies were a little bit like more progressive than other slasher films just because like in college I happened to take a gender and sexuality in the horror film class talk taught by like Whoa. an incredible professor who referenced literally Bride and Seed of Chucky as being like these incredible progressive films about gender politics literally hmm. um but that's cool. uh yeah like that's uh that's kind of my two cents like I I I'm really I'm really happy that I that and for all the camp, for all the crazy kills and John Waters influence and all this stuff, like it, they landed the plane, so to speak, um, with some of these issues. I, I, I was really happy about that. So I think that's why it gets the five out of five for me. It is not necessarily the most cohesive plot and it doesn't all make sense. And I think that <laughs> Bride of Chucky is a tighter film. But uh, but yeah, as far as like an emotional roller coaster, I was like, man, this 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 felt really good. This felt like a really good film to watch. And yeah, Eric, I second uh, what you were talking about, Jeremy. I think it's I think it's so interesting that like this movie is so woke in uh, that respect. And I guess you're right that like we, I mean, we are both uh, straight men, uh, so it's kind of hard to like for us to definitively say like this was like uh like lgbtq friendly um although it, it it seems like it is and it seems like mancini has been like trying to get these messages into his movies for a while and and it, it it's great that he was able to do that um i really sympathize with glenn and glenda um i just that it, it's just like a beautiful sort of character uh, story told throughout the throughout the movie. Um, I think I would I would give this movie uh, 3.5 out of five freckles as well. Uh, my my thing with this movie is as we've gone along throughout the franchise, they get more and more comedic. And Mancini himself has even said that this is 
he considers this more of a comedy than a than a horror film. And I think we finally hit the sweet spot in Bride of Chucky of like the perfect balance of horror and comedy. Like I like I felt mm-hmm. suspense and that elevated the like witty lines that Chucky had and like vice versa. Whereas in this, uh, it's it's an interesting thing because it's a comedy born out of a horror franchise that has existed for four other movies at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But it just didn't like the. There was absolutely no horror for me in this. <laughs> uh, like it, it, it was kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like how "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" is to like music, like comparing like. <laughs> It's like a novelty, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to appreciate it for what it is, but it, it's also, it's not like high art by any means. No. Um, yeah. Whereas I think there's like a lot more artistic value in a, in a Bride of Chucky and, and Child's Play 1. Um, that being said, there's like so many fun moments and, and lines and things. This is like such a weird movie. <laughs> I think we're all speaking on just like a sincere level that this is a, this is actually a pretty good, insane movie. Uh, and yeah, I think three and a half out of five is is what I'll go for this one. Um, and I think in my like overall ranking, I would put this at maybe my. Uh, my my ranking so far is Bride of Chucky, Child's Play, Child's Play Two, Seed of Chucky, Child's Play Three. Yeah, is what I yeah. would do. Mm. Um, so while it's my second least favorite, I guess so far, I still think it's a great <laughs> movie. Uh, For sure. And, and yeah. I and I, and I and I will say like not to not to curse, quote unquote, curse myself for the rest of these films, but. This kind of uh, energy is going to get pretty old, I think. If they keep, if like, for example, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky continues on this like same framework, I don't think I'm I'm going to be as lenient with those films as I am with Seed of Chucky. Only because, like, Bride of Chucky is haywire, but this is this is batshit. I mean, this is like this is this is <laughs> insane. This this movie, um, and I think I only have about one of these in me. Like yeah. if they if they keep going along the same route, I don't think I'm going to be as favorable to them. If that makes any sense. Well, uh, the the franchise takes an interesting turn that I think you'll like in uh, Curse of Chucky. But uh, Matt J, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do yeah. you have anything that you would like to plug before we let you go? Oh boy, too much. I do too much. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Matt J, and uh, I make the podcast The Deep End with my friend Steve Yurko, uh, who is uh, also an animation professional. And we uh, we are going through all, every show to ever air on Adult Swim in semi chronological order with a bunch of awesome guests. Like we've had uh, Nick Weiger on, uh, James Urbaniak. Uh, great fun show that we do. And on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the deep end uh we have a weekly show going through every single episode of the venture brothers uh where we are the two biggest fans in the world of that show and we we really cover everything we can about it and uh it's like this show but instead of chucky movies it's every episode of the venture brothers and uh we also have a, a new monthly show which is the first of every month that is other adult animation at the moment it shows 
that aired on MTV. So we did Clone High. Uh, we had uh, a TV writing legend Bill Freiberger on to talk about Three South. Uh, talk about a show no one remembers. We had a guy who's written for like a ton of amazing shows come on to talk about it. Uh, and the next one we're going to do is a show called Undergrads. Oh, my Japan. God! Right? It, that's the kind of show that is. When you mention that, anyone who remembers it goes like, oh, yeah, shit, I watched the hell out of that show that I don't remember or care about. Dude, I was literally just going to say, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to your Patreon if you cover undergrads. And <laughs> literally, you said it right out of my mouth. That is a a, a big favorite of mine. I remember it fondly. That That's story true. is so interesting. Like, the story of how that show got made <laughs> is so fun. I can't wait for you guys to cover it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that he won a contest. <laughs> yes, he won to a make contest. A show. Oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's on uh, patreon.com slash the deep end. And we do like streams and stuff. We do all kinds of cool stuff there. And I oh, make cartoons one oh one, which is at patreon.com slash cartoons one oh one, where I interview animation professionals like uh, Bill Oakley from The Simpsons and Mission Hill, uh, like Evan Dorkin, who created Welcome to Eltingville and Milk and Cheese. Yes. Uh, like uh, Brian Newton, who directed a ton of episodes of Rick and Morty, like the Me Seeks episode and uh the vindicators episode and stuff and i also uh go through series with a bunch of guests like uh we did all of evangelion uh the animated works of satoshi Kone, and now i'm doing all the films of ralph bakshi uh so that's at patreon.com says cartoons 101 i have two patreons and they're both really good i think <laughs> yeah oh and <laughs> mitch live great. Uh, check out mitch live the show that i produce uh hosted by mike mitchell of the doughboys uh the the talk show that we stream live where he doesn't know who the guests are what the jokes are sometimes when and where it's happening uh which you can find at mitch.live matt you don't have to do this but can you can you give us any uh any any tidbits about the next mitch live just for the uh the chucky the chuck heads out there <laughs> i believe it's we're there's one that's supposed to happen at BugCon. But it also uh, seems like it might be just a bit too much for us to do because uh, four people are running a convention and we're all going to just I am not looking forward to this weekend, you guys. <laughs> but uh, I think we're supposed to do one at BugCon and we're also going to do a D. I don't know what does this go up before this weekend? No, this will come out next Wednesday. OK, well, watch all the streams we did from BugCon. <laughs> and, uh, I think that'll be at uh, twitch.tv slash Vista. So, and it'll be uh, probably the other Twitch, you know, Bazizio Gaming and all kinds of shit. Jeremy, you got anything going on besides this? <sighs> yeah, you know, I produce a ton of podcasts. Um, eventually, we're all going to be under the same network umbrella. That's going to happen sometime in August. Spoiler oh, cool. alert for all of you listeners out there. But, uh, but for now, you know, it just helps out so much if you go to patreon.com slash chatting about chucky and give anything it doesn't matter no i mean anything uh it, it, it's really nice uh we 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 also can like get kind of a little like uh what is it like a, a pool uh a litmus test to see like how how uh how, how you're liking the show um but yeah uh i don't know just keep keep listening to the show uh if you if you're not following us on twitter do that uh rate us subscribe on itunes you know all the all the all the standard stuff really uh, oh you... i guess if you're in the los angeles area second wednesday of every month come to the ucb theater and watch mod night um my sketch team goes up that night and uh, honestly it's the best night of comedy that they offer uh, i mean like i've seen their other shows <laughs> not good <laughs> yeah mm. facebook no thank you 
No, thank you, sir. Ass cat? More like ass hat. <laughs> Watch Mod Night with Hail Mary and the audacity. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit of a uh, serial monogamist myself. Folks, <laughs> I just have that. one thing to say to you all before, uh, before we uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. end this thing. This is the end, friends. <laughs>